Reading headlines about Antarctica, you'd be forgiven for thinking that the great ice cap is melting. There have been icebergs off Dunedin and ice shelves dramatically collapsing. The news often adding to a fear that a deluge of water from melting ice is about to swamp coastlines around the world. So is Antarctica warming up and melting? And if so, what are the implications for sea level rise? Sue Ingram investigates. Antarctica, the largest single mass of ice on Earth, and for many a continent of mystery and allure. Its future important because it contains enough water to raise sea levels by up to 70 meters if it were to melt completely. For New Zealanders, it's the huge block of ice that's south of us has a tail that runs towards South America. Many of us think of it as one huge block of ice, but for specialists like Peter Barrett from Victoria University, it is divided into two major parts, east and west. East Antarctica is an old continent that's covered by a large ice sheet, about 60 metres of sea level equivalent. West Antarctica is really an archipelago that's covered by ice, but only five metres of sea level equivalent. There are also other important geological features, the tail, the Antarctic Peninsula and the transantarctic mountains which divide east and west. Ice shelves surround the continent. Most people, really when they look at Antarctica, they just see the whiteness and the outline. But there are parts of that outline, and particularly the big embayments in the Ross Sea and the Weddell Sea, where the ice is floating but it's floating permanent ice, or it's, at least it's ice that's been there for a long time. And those are the ice shelves. New Zealand has historical links to Antarctica and emotional ones. Sir Ed conquering the trek to the South Pole by tractor and the Mount Erebus plane crash, which killed everyone on board Flight 901. Antarctica is also on the school curriculum. They do research for global warming. Penguins live there. And it's cold. Freezing. <laughs> 13 degrees now. Minus 13. <laughs> Good for tourism. People want to go there because no, no one actually owns it. We have Scott Base. If you go to Antarctica and you have a compass, then it'll just keep spinning because you're right on the north, the south pole. The isolation of Antarctica belies its importance and scientists are striving to find answers to several important questions. How stable is the ice sheet? What effect will climate change have upon it? How rapid will any change be? Media headlines on the topic are bold and forthright. Antarctic heats up. Big area of Antarctica melted. Antarctic ice sheet is melting rapidly. Antarctic ice loss speeds up. The truth is far more complicated. I would like to take you straight into the Antarctic via... A look at the big picture of climate. Richard Alley is an American professor of geosciences at Pennsylvania State University, where his research focuses on glaciers and ice sheets and their potential for causing major changes in sea level. He has been a lead author for the International Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC. Professor Alley recently spoke to an audience in Wellington via a video satellite link. Whether we're on the leading edge or on the bleeding edge of the way to do this, we will find out and you'll tell me by the end. He says determining what's happening to the ice sheets has proven problematic. 2001, the IPCC very clearly said we have large uncertainties about the ice sheets. But our central estimate 
is that taken together between Greenland and Antarctica and taken over the next hundred years, if anything, they will grow a little bit. The ice flow won't change. The melting in Greenland will happen and it will snow more on top of Antarctica there behind me. And the net will be very slight growth over a hundred years. That was 2001. In 2007, we looked at the ice sheets and we said, oops, uh, they're shrinking. And they're shrinking in part because the flow did change. And we looked at that and we said the models used to date do not include the full effects of changes in ice sheet flow. And there's a, it's lacking. We don't understand the science well enough to do this. And then we said something, our understanding is too limited to provide a best estimate or an upper bound for sea level rise. The IPCC says global warming is unequivocal and the trend shows a 0.74 degrees Celsius increase over 100 years. Is then Antarctica warming? Professor David Vaughan works at the British Antarctic Survey in Cambridge. We have not as many meteorological stations in Antarctica as we would like and certainly not as many stations as there are in other continents. Um, we have about 30 records now in Antarctica that each span more than 30 years. Some of those records show us warming and some of those records are much more ambiguous. In fact, uh, one of them shows a, a cooling which is uh, by our judgment, statistically significant. Um, that's at South Pole. With this mixed picture of warming and cooling, Brian Storey, who's Professor of Antarctic Studies at Canterbury University, says he finds people selectively quoting the facts. When people say Antarctica's warming, well, they're partly right, and when people say Antarctica isn't, they're, they're partly right as well. So people are very often selective in the information that they give, depending on what point they want to make. Professor Storey says the non-warming of much of Antarctica is thought to be linked to the ozone hole. This is an area above the South Pole where there is a seasonal thinning of ozone concentrations that allows heat to escape. The hole is attributed to the use of chlorine-containing source gases, primarily CFCs, and their phasing out is predicted to close up the ozone hole. So it's actually human interference with the global system that has caused Antarctica, the bulk of Antarctica, actually not to warm. And, of course, that's going to be interesting to see what happens um, if, we, if and when the ozone hole closes. Uh, we might expect Antarctica then to warm. The part of the ice cap that is warming is the tail, the Antarctic Peninsula. Temperatures there show a rise of around 3 degrees Celsius over the last 50 years, about 10 times the global average. David Vaughan from the British Antarctic Survey says this is significant. We need to know what the mechanism, what the process is that's causing that magnified rate of warming, uh, whether it's actually connected to global warming and to carbon dioxide and methane uh, greenhouse gas increases. We think that it is. Um, we are working quite hard to be able to reproduce that warming that we've seen over the last 50 years in the models. And we think with a combination of greenhouse gases and also ozone depletion uh, that we can actually create those warmings over the Antarctic Peninsula. Again, the ozone hole is implicated as it's thought to be a prominent factor in changing Antarctic weather patterns with stronger westerly winds forcing warm air over the peninsula's mountains. As a proportion of the entire ice cap, the Antarctic Peninsula is trivial. 
but scientists aligned with the IPCC believe its warming is a clear example of the impact of man-made climate change. Peter Barrett, the director of the Joint Antarctic Research Institute in Wellington. That is actually quite well understood in the sense of it being a consequence of the winds that circle Antarctica being stronger on account of global warming. There are other scientists who disagree. One of them is Willem de Lang from Waikato University, who's a coastal oceanographer at the Department of Earth and Ocean Sciences. He has done some research in Antarctica and is involved in researching and teaching climate variability. The question is, is whether this strengthening of the winds is a one-off event that is linked to global warming. And we have this thing called the Southern Annular Mode. It's one of these lovely acronyms that we use, which is a measure of that circulation pattern around Antarctica. And it's been postulated that there's been a, uh, a steady increase in the index we use to measure that, um, which Susan Solomon and her work is linked to ozone depletion. Uh, other workers have suggested it's due to global warming. However, when we look at the long-term record, we find that there are sort of centennial-scale, 100-year fluctuations in that index that have gone on for as long as we can measure it. And all the data suggests that the positive trend that we've seen for the last 20 years of the 20th century is now going in the opposite direction. John Turner, an expert in polar weather from the British Antarctic Survey, says although there has been a small drop in wind speed since 2001, there is a large natural interannual variability. He says quality data sourced from satellites only goes back to 1979. Since then, he says, the wind trend has been upwards and he expects that to continue. It's from the Antarctic Peninsula region that has come dramatic pictures of great slabs of ice breaking away from the ice sheet. The most recent was in February, when part of the Wilkins Ice Shelf disintegrated. The pictures you can see here, they're flying down the middle of this crack. The whole thing has broken off in this extraordinary clean break. The width of that... This chunk of ice is breaking off the Wilkins Ice Shelf in the Antarctic. A chunk of ice shelf threatening to break off the Antarctic Peninsula. A chunk of Antarctic ice about seven times the size of Manhattan suddenly collapses and breaks apart. David Vaughan says it's media attention to this type of event that may give the wrong impression about how much of the Antarctic is being affected by warming. A lot of the media coverage in recent times has been focused on the Antarctic Peninsula. And it may be true that it hasn't always reminded people that the Antarctic Peninsula is not the whole of the Antarctic. Ice shelves breaking up don't increase sea level. They are already floating, and so any displacement of water has already taken place. But Tim Nash, the director of the Antarctic Research Centre at Victoria University, says they do have an important role. When the Larsen ice shelf, which is a relatively small ice shelf, in New Zealand terms, perhaps the size of Canterbury, when that collapsed, we saw an eight-fold or eight times increase in the rate of the ice streams, the main glaciers in West Antarctica, feeding it. So ice shelves in themselves don't change sea level, but you take them away, you pull the plug out, and much more significant and rapid changes start to occur in the glaciers feeding them. Scientists like Richard Alley are now comparing ice shelves to the flying buttresses of Gothic cathedrals. 
the Gothic cathedral builders realized piles spread under their own weight. And if they're not strong enough, the walls bulge out and the top falls in and you don't have a beautiful Gothic cathedral anymore. And so the Gothic cathedral builders said, whoops, and then they said, I know, flying buttresses. We'll take that spreading tendency and we'll deflect it out to the ground way on the sides, and that'll hold up our big Gothic cathedral, okay? The ice sheet, this giant ice sheet, is this big pile on the land, and it gets down to the ocean, and it spreads out over the ocean, but it does not immediately break off its icebergs. Instead, what does it do? It, it makes an ice shelf. It's flowing over the ocean, but it's still attached. The ice shelves almost always either are in a bay and they have to scrape past the rocky sides of the bay, or they run aground on a little high spot out there in the seafloor, and they get friction. And so they are doing for the ice sheet what the flying buttress does for the Gothic cathedral. They actually are um, holding it back by that friction, and so the pile spreads more slowly. Now, up in the middle there in Antarctica, you know, it's minus 50, minus 55, but under that ice shelf, it's already at the melting point. Any warming will cause melting, and so that is the vulnerability. If you wanted to knock down a Gothic cathedral, knock out the flying buttress. If you want to knock down an ice sheet, knock out the ice shelves. Is the disintegration of ice shelves from around the warming Antarctica Peninsula having an impact on the total size of Antarctica? Is the great ice sheet shrinking? Two years ago, a joint NASA-German team concluded that it was. The Gravity Recovery and Climate Experiment, or GRACE, conducted the first ever gravity survey of the Antarctic ice sheet. Dr. Isabella Valaconia from the University of Colorado was on the team and said the measurements between 2002 and 2005 showed a significant loss. What we find is that Antarctica is losing the equivalent of raising the sea level by 0.4 millimeter per year. And this is about 13% of the, the estimate of sea level rise for the past decade. Brian Storey, who's the director of Gateway Antarctica, the Centre for Antarctica Studies and Research at the University of Canterbury, says GRACE is only one piece of research and other estimates are more equivocal. Some estimates are showing very little change, others are showing a slight decrease and others are showing a slight increase. So really we don't have a firm answer to that at at the present time. And of course that's a, a very significant question in that if the mass of the Antarctic ice is decreasing through time, then that's going to be adding water to the world's oceans and sea level will be rising. Brian Storey and Peter Barrett have just attended a major international science conference in Russia which brought together 1,000 Antarctic and Arctic scientists. Professor Barrett says of three different surveys of ice mass in the Antarctic that were presented at the conference, two showed decreases while one showed no change. He says in all cases the errors are large but future measurements are expected to reduce these. David Vaughan from the British Antarctic Survey says the current data shows that the ice cap is not reacting uniformly. The East Antarctic ice sheet, the largest part of Antarctica, is by and large not changing much. The amount of snow that falls on it is roughly balanced by the amount of ice that's lost through glasses and icebergs. And it really isn't changing very much, down to a level of just a couple of centimetres a year. Um, In the West Antarctic ice sheet... There is an area which is 
uniformly, uh, about five or six neighbouring glaciers appear to be behaving quite similarly. And they are losing mass at a surprising rate and at an accelerating rate, a rate that's accelerated even over the last decade. This isn't an enormous amount uh, of additional sea level rise at the moment. It's only in a fraction of a millimetre of global sea level rise at the moment. But as I say, it is accelerating and it will be interesting, or be more than interesting, it'll be vital to understand how that's going to change over the next few decades. Those who put forward alternative views to the IPCC, so-called climate sceptics, are keen to point out that the amount of sea ice around Antarctica reached a record high level last year. Sea ice is a two-metre thick layer of ice that forms in winter and melts in summer and is considered important with regard to climate change because of its reflectivity and hence influence on Antarctic temperature. Richard Alley from Pennsylvania State University says there has been a small increase in Antarctic sea ice but it's well within what he calls the noise of a very variable system. Oceanographer Willem de Lang believes what's happening to the extent of sea ice is significant. What is important for the ocean is the formation of cold, dense water around Antarctica, and in part that's controlled by the extent of sea ice. So what we would expect to see with the increasing extent of sea ice around Antarctica is that the water going into the deep ocean would be getting colder. And the um, German expedition down there on the meteor in the last couple of years have found that it is indeed the case. The deep ocean is getting colder, the intermediate waters in the ocean appear to be cooling, there is some dispute in terms of the surface water as to whether it's cooling or not, but it is clear that it's not warming. So in part that's, that's associated with the extent of sea ice. Dr DeLang argues that the warming in the Southern Ocean that's been observed towards the end of the 20th century is reversing and the ocean is cooling. It's a view that's different to scientists aligned with the IPCC who say the ocean is continuing to warm. In Richard Alley's presentation to a Wellington audience, the Professor of Geosciences outlined how a warming sea can affect how fast the ice shelves melt basic result is sort of a one degree Celsius warming of the water is something like 10 meters a year of melting. This is a fairly sensitive system. You tweak it a little bit and a whole lot happens. Professor Ali says even slight warming of water beneath ice shelves can speed ice flow to the ocean, as can puddling of meltwater on top of ice shelves to wedge open crevasses. However, he says the impact of the Southern Ocean on the ice cap is not yet well understood. Right now, the Southern Ocean is sufficiently complicated that the global models actually stop just before they get to the ice shelves. They, they aren't calculating the heat going under the ice shelves because the models don't get there. So um, there is a lot of work to do to bring the Southern Ocean into the ice sheet, the ice sheet into the Southern Ocean, and understand what's going on. Can past events give any clues to what the future looks like for Antarctica? Previous epochs in Earth's history are thought to have been colder than now, the ice ages, and warmer than now, the interglacial periods. The amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere has also fluctuated to levels above those of the present day and below. So understanding what happened to Antarctica during these different eras could be vital in projecting what may happen amid climate change and carbon dioxide level increases. Crucially, it could throw light on the amount and rapidity of any rise in sea level due to ice melt. Basically, we get rock. 
and uh, I have to say, um, rock can be quite boring at times. All you see are, you know, lots of mud, um, lots of sand. But in the case of the Andrew McMurdo Ice Shelf project, the rock was absolutely spectacular. Tim Nash, the director of the Antarctic Research Centre at Victoria University, is one of those trying to unravel the ice sheet's history over several million years. His most recent work has been on the Andril project, looking at sediment samples from the Ross Ice Shelf region to try to get a feel for the behaviour of the West Antarctic ice sheet. We were over just metres or even less than metres of rock going from full ice sheet conditions where there was an ice sheet sitting in the Ross Sea where we were drilling to completely open marine uh, conditions with very little evidence of icebergs or ice nearby and high productivity, so warmer oceans where there were algal blooms and the sediments became almost 100% marine fossils from marine algae. And we were seeing regular oscillations between an open marine Ross Sea and a Ross Sea where there was a grounded ice sheet, a large ice sheet, larger than there is there today. Professor Nash says the story of the ice cap appears to be a tale of two halves, the east and west, rather than one uniform history. We know that the East Antarctic ice sheet from previous drilling was fairly dynamic, that was regularly oscillating, particularly from about 33 million years ago to about 14 million years ago. The world was generally warmer then, 2 to 3 degrees warmer atmospheric CO2 was higher. And under those conditions, the ice sheet becomes fairly mobile. Since about 14 million years ago, there is quite a bit of debate as to how the East Antarctic ice sheet behaved. And it's actually been a, an issue that has created quite a bit of controversy and, and, and division within the scientific community. Professor Nash says the evidence now suggests that rather than drastically decreasing, the East Antarctic ice sheet has been largely stable for the past 14 million years. He says of absolute critical interest is how the West Antarctic sheet behaved. We can go back in this record to a time about 4 million years ago. We have about 100 metres of open marine fossiliferous sediment that indicate a warm climate in which the ice sheets were not coming into the Ross Sea for maybe 300,000 years. So the question is, how big were they? The West Antarctic ice sheet could have been very small at, at, at this time. So we've got a situation where past CO2 is higher, the temperature is 2 to 3 degrees warmer, in the Ross Sea we see no evidence of an ice sheet. To try to work out the implications for the whole of the West Antarctic ice sheet, Tim Nash says the data they've collected has been given to leading ice sheet modellers. That work is still in the process of being written up for publication, but one of the real possibilities is that it may show that under the conditions of warmer temperatures and slightly higher carbon dioxide levels, the West Antarctic ice sheet disappears. If these patterns happened in the past, what makes many scientists believe that a similar occurrence in the future is due to anthropogenic global warming? Professor Nash believes enough is known about the natural system to know that the present warm period is unusual. In the natural scheme of things, we understand it should be business as usual or heading towards an ice age. The greenhouse gases since the Industrial Revolution are 30% higher than they've ever been in the last million years in the ice core records. So that's clearly something that 
is not part of the natural scheme of things. He, along with other IPCC-aligned scientists, believe that carbon dioxide levels are intrinsically linked to higher temperatures, a point with which so-called climate sceptics argue. David Vaughan from the British Antarctic Survey points to the rapidity of what's happening. We certainly have evidence that the changes that we've seen in temperature on the Antarctic Peninsula and the loss of ice on the Antarctic Peninsula has not happened before to this extent in the last 10,000 years. For the West Antarctic Ice Sheet, at the moment the retreat of glaciers in the Amundsen Sea is at a rate that it's hard to imagine that it's part of a natural cycle. Willem de Lang, who's involved in researching and teaching climate variability, believes the changes being seen are part of natural climate variations. I don't see any evidence to show that what we're seeing now is very rapid warming in any sense. It's difficult to compare to the past because we just don't have the timing resolution to be able to compare the warming events at the past and say how fast they are because we can say we've had 8 degrees of warming over 400 years but what sort of rate was involved during that period we, we just can't say. What we're looking at now is a warming in the order of 0.6 degrees over a century is what we've observed. Um, It's in two periods according to the IPCC. Uh, The first part of that was natural. The second part is attributed dominantly to human activities. The rate of warming between those two parts is essentially the same. We can't distinguish them statistically. So the unnatural warming in the last half of the century was essentially the same as the natural warming in the first half. Um, My own research leads me to believe that what we've seen in the second half of the century is natural as well, with a small human contribution. So the rapidity of the warming, I think, is, is, is largely a myth. It's not supported by the data. The IPCC says the warming of the climate is now unequivocal, and there is a high confidence that human produced carbon dioxide is causing the warming. It reports projections that these two trends will continue. With warmer air and sea temperatures, the evidence suggests some of the Antarctic ice cap will melt, perhaps even the whole of the West Antarctic ice sheet, raising sea levels by up to six metres. This is what would happen to San Francisco Bay. A lot of people live in these areas. The Netherlands, one of the low countries, absolutely devastating. Al Gore's film, An Inconvenient Truth, gives the impression that a wall of water will swamp coastlines and cities around the world and in the near future. But the historical records aren't good for predicting the rate of change of sea level. And it's the rate of change, as well as the magnitude, that David Vaughan from the British Antarctic Survey says is vital. A five-metre sea level rise over the next 500 years is extremely plausible. I think it's, you know very, you know, quite high likelihood. A five-metre sea level rise in the next hundred years is actually quite hard to imagine how you get that much ice out of the Antarctic and out of Greenland. We can plan for sea level rises that are, you know, on the order of maybe 10 or 50 centimetres per century. But I think that a a metre, a metre and a half, could cause us... You know, extremely large expenditure, and uh, that's a problem we've still got to sort out. 
the IPCC is due to report again in 2014. By then, it's hoped enhanced data and modelling about what's happening to Antarctica will contribute to improved projections about potential sea level rise. That programme was written and presented by Sue Ingram.